Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and joining me on the TWIP hotline, Mr. Don McGee. Welcome, Don. Hey, Art. Good to talk to you again. How you doing? Very well. This is your second appearance on This Week in Production. We spoke, I, I just looked it up because I didn't remember. I thought it was longer, but February of this year, episode 30, I had you on and we were talking about corporate video and sort of before the whole COVID thing took <laughs> took off, <laughs> we were talking about just, you know, being in corporate video as a career. That's not what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about something a little different because going back, now I've, I've known you or about 30 years or so, maybe a little more, but in the, I don't know the exact date, you might know for certain, but in the early 2000s, I built you a a professional home recording studio for your voiceover work. Recap the audience as to that aspect of your career. Sure. Uh, I've been a freelance voiceover um, uh, talent for um, probably 35 years or so. And um, in the year 2000, you're exactly correct, um, you and I were talking and um, you said, you know, you, you could we could build a studio in your home and you could be so much more productive and serve clients all over the United States and all over the world. And that's, in fact, what happened. Uh, uh, the rest of my background, in addition to the voiceovers, I host a uh, radio program on a New York City station, WFUV in New York. The program is called Mixed Bag, and it airs on Saturdays between 4 and 8 p.m. It's a, it's a music show, and I get to pick all the music. So it's a, uh, it's a, a, a labor of love and um, something I've been doing for eight years ever since the uh, creator of the show, Pete Fornatal, uh, died in, uh, in 2012. The thing about the studio, uh, I don't know if you remember this, we completed it, you completed it, in August of 2000. And I had a client in uh, the town that I live and work in, Cranford, New Jersey, a small ad agency. And I got a call literally on the day that it was completed, and it was a Friday. And uh, the owner of the ad agency called in a panic and said, Don, we've got to get into a studio in New York tomorrow and record some voiceovers. <laughs> and it was so great because uh, the, and these voiceovers had to be sent to uh, London for, for some reason because <clears throat> that's where his client was, I guess. And I said, well, Tom... Um, you're going to be the first client to use the newly built studio by McGee Productions that my uh, my good friend Art just finished designing and building in my home, and uh, it's been an operating studio ever since. Now, when when we built this, we basically built it with really the best that was available at the time, and you can correct my memory because I may not remember all the pieces, but it was basically... Uh, a Mac tower, I think it's a G5 tower, and it had the first Apple cinema display, the very first one that they had just come out with, which was the the rounded edges with the transparent frame. It looked very much like the iMac that had just come out at that time. And 
and in, in on the audio side, it had really the top of the line Neumann microphone. You could probably tell me the the model number of that mic. I don't remember the U eighty. Uh, is it the U eighty eight or the U eighty six? I'm speaking on the microphone now, and I'm. It's the U eighty six. The U eighty six, which is I think a five or seven thousand dollar microphone. It's it's like top of the line microphone, the best processing, and the front end of that system is all analog, and then. It was being fed into the Mac. I think it was an Ederol at the time, uh, Ederol USB interface. And you were recording into Final Cut Pro, which I think some some people would say, that's odd. But in your world as a producer and then like your other careers in audio talent, radio personality, that made sense for you because you would edit and you could do voiceovers in in an ecosystem that you understood. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and again, when we planned it out, um, again, if you remember, I said I have I wear a couple of hats and I have some different needs. I I'm not a full time video editor, but the way that the technology was changing, right? A, a guy like me who came up doing rough cuts on um, Sony RM440. Uh, three-quarter inch video systems, right? And you would do a rough cut as a producer and then walk into a CMX edit room with an edit list. Uh, I, you know, I could put together a story, a rough outline, cuts only, uh, remember video inserts and audio inserts and stuff like that. So when... um, when uh, Final Cut Pro, you know, came out, and you said, you know, you could learn this, knowing that I was never wanted to be um, nor had the training or the background to be a full-time editor, but to be able to do so much more uh, on a on a on a piece of software like Final Cut Pro Seven, and say, okay, I can do a little video editing there. So when I go into like when I bring a real editor in now to work with me, sometimes you, sometimes other folks, they even have a better picture of you know what I'm thinking about and and what this particular video project is going to look like. Then I had the need, you know, also to record audio for, um, you know, voiceover clients because it went almost overnight from clients saying, you have a studio in your home to you have a studio in your home, right? Once a few people had it, you had to have it. Um, And again, back to your question, because I wore several hats working that way, in the in the arena of Final Cut Pro 7 as opposed to trying to learn Pro Tools or something that's specifically audio because I don't I didn't need that level of sophistication in software um, you know you came up with a plan that uh, would allow me to wear the producer director hat on Monday the voiceover hat on Tuesday and do some radio production on Wednesday yeah exactly and and while there were many many options I shouldn't say that. There were other options for recording audio on a Mac in that time. And as you said, Pro Tools was probably the big player in that space. It was way overkill. And that would only be a single purpose application where Final Cut at the time would let you not only do your rough cuts, but also record your audio. And that system was running... Pretty much as installed up until last month. That's correct. (laughs) So that system, 
including the monitor, which, Don, I am amazed that the backlights on that screen have not gone out. But that system ran for it's almost 20 years. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Just just about 20 years. And and flawlessly, um, you know, every once in a while there might have been something that I don't even remember, but I can't ever remember, like, <clears throat> calling you up and saying, Art, the studio's down, or I'm having a software or hardware issue. No, once you put that system in place, uh, as you said, we never replaced the monitor until um, we had a we had a transformer go out about three weeks ago in the neighborhood, lost power, and it got zapped, and, and that was it for the system. But um, I believe the monitor probably still works. Apple's going to be calling and asking you to send that to the museum. <laughs> for a price. <laughs> for a price. So the rest of the system, uh, just uh, tell us the rest of the analog gear, because I think some of the people who know old audio tech would probably get a kick out of the stuff that's in your in your rack. Yeah, I have a uh, Mackie 1402 VLZ Pro board. Um, the processor was a Joe Meek Pro Channel VC3. Again, these are all 20 years old at this point. Um, the Neumann mic you mentioned, and um, and that's really it. Uh, you know, now, now with the uh, pandemic, and maybe I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves, the radio show uh, that I host, uh, I've been producing at home. So we've got some CD players and a turntable hooked up, and I can do my little radio show uh, at home these days and have been since uh, early March. So over that 20 years, every now and then we would talk, you would call me and say, listen, let's just think about some upgrades that I might want to consider for my system. Do I need to get a new computer? Do I need to do this or that? And we would have these conversations, I'd say, every couple of years, you know, usually around the end of year for, for tax purposes. Do I need to buy gear? What would work to upgrade? And I think the answer every time was, well, it's not broken and I'm not sure it's going to make it any better for you. True. Um, you know, I am a creature of habit and the system was working and it was still doing everything I needed it to do. Again, for voiceovers, basically, you know, pretty simple. Open up Final Cut Pro 7 and create a project and do your voice tracking. And, you know, for some clients, I would do precise editing. And for others, I would just send them, you know, whatever takes I did. And they would want to weed through and, and select what takes they thought were the best. For video, same thing. Um, you know, I, I, there, were, there are some projects, depending on the level of sophistication, that as a producer, director, uh, I never really considered myself a predator. Um, and everybody in the audience knows what that term means, I'm sure. Like I said earlier, I was never a full-time, you know, editor, but I could do a fair amount of things, and then for some projects, I could finish them, depending on the level of, of um, you know, complexity or special effects. So um, the system worked, and yes, we would we would talk every once in a while, but uh, it it just continued to work, and I know you would often say about the monitor, like, that monitor shouldn't be lasting this long. <laughs> well, it it did. <laughs> right. And I, I think probably, as you say, you said, just it's in your personality, like you're not 
just going to upgrade technology just to be the first on the block to have it. And I think that's pretty much, I would say that's your philosophy in, in your life. Right. Um, for instance, I, I still don't own an Apple Watch. I probably won't. I never bought an iPad because my laptop was doing everything I needed it to do. My car right now is 11 years old. The previous one I had for 11 years also. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just your nature. And, and, and you, you got 20 years out of that system and that return on investment pay, paid for itself, um, you know, X number of times. Absolutely. But as this um, power outage affected your system and it wouldn't uh, boot up, we tried a few things actually to resurrect the tower and I had to go actually go back into my like sort of old notes because I honestly I haven't looked at a G5 system in many many years and my memory is not as good as it probably uh, should be but I had to go back I had to go back and look at ways to resurrect systems because the systems would uh, every now and then not reboot after a power outage, and we tried the, uh, the the memory reset, the logic board reset, the PRAM battery. We tried a few things, couldn't resurrect it, and you said, "Okay, you know, what do I do now? Like, what what is the McGee Studio 2.0 look like?" Right. The the day of reckoning basically came, and and I kind of knew it. I kind of instinctively because when it happened and I had at that point I did have uh, you know more modern MacBook Pros hooked up to the system too they all came back right away once the power was restored no problems no issues all the other hardware in the studio no issues and I I you know had this bad feeling I called you I told you what happened as you said we tried a few things I knew we were getting into real trouble when you say okay take the side of the machine off <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm inside with a with a greenie trying to pry loose the uh, what it was the PRAM battery or the, yeah the PRAM battery yeah. we we gave it the old college try to try and resurrect this 20 year old G5 like I said the day of reckoning had come and now yeah here we are saying okay I need to basically start from scratch. And we needed to do it quickly because as it happened, um, I had uh, an ongoing voiceover project that I knew there was going to be, there were going to be new scripts coming in any day. And um, uh, I needed to, you know, get back up and running. Right. So the, I started looking, I started looking at options for your system and I'm using for my podcast, I use this Rode uh, podcaster system, and I thought that might be a good option for you. It has very good processing. It has the phone tap built in. It does the mix minus, (coughs) excuse me, it does the mix minus automatically. It would replace a lot of your analog gear, and I thought that might be a solution for you. And as I started discussing it with you and you were asking questions, one thing kept coming back to the um, equation was you, in this radio show that you do, you play, as you mentioned, records, CDs, you have analog sources. And this particular board, this road board, is limited in how many analog sources that you can bring in. And 
as I started looking at bigger consoles and I still kept coming back to, you know, your sort of mindset of like, okay, you know, you're in an analog world. Do we really need to go to a full digital board to make this work? And I think the answer, I mean, I know the answer because we decided, no, it's probably best to keep all of your front end analog gear. I mean, you weren't going to change the mic anyway. The mic is dynamite and the processor you're happy with. And the board is already set up for all your analog sources. You know, we'd have to do uh, analog to digital converters. And, you know, it wasn't really about the money. It was about the, the process. And at the end of the day, you decided to basically use one of your existing laptops, a MacBook Pro. And I think you, uh, you're you using the newer one in, in your audio system. That's right. you have two. So I think that's a 2018 MacBook Pro. And we did find out that the old Ederol interface wasn't compatible. Th that particular interface, that was an early USB um, interface that doesn't use core audio on the Apple system. It needed a driver. And now in the new OS for Mac, that driver doesn't work. And they didn't upgrade it. So we had to get a new um, analog to digital interface for the board to get into the Mac. And you had spoken with an engineer at the radio station. So why don't you tell me about that conversation and how you decided to go with this particular capture device? It's, it's, it's funny, a couple of things. You know, obviously you and I are, are Mac guys. Um, you, you, you introduced me to Mac products. I fell in love with them. I use them, you know, and I get the whole experience. And it's different with radio engineers, at least in this case, uh, in the case of the engineer at the station. And he had been for years when 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 the um, even before the pandemic hit, uh, you know, I would record occasional announcements and things from home and, you know, out of curiosity he, for the station. And he would say, you know, what do you record on? And I described the system and he said, well, that's interesting. You know, if that works, that's great because I was getting them files and they sounded great. But, you know, every once in a while he would say, uh, Don, you know, your system's kind of old. You Don't you think you because he is of the type. And I get it. He's an engineer. This is what he's paid to do, to always be looking at what's the best out there, what's the best hardware, what's the best software, what's the newest, what can we, you know, what can we do to improve the sound, to make things easier, to make things better, all, you know, he's all in. So when he heard my story about how long I've held on or I held on to that equipment, you know, he was, I'm sure, on the other end of the phone pulling his hair out. So he recommended, um, you know, in, in fact, he was, he was very cooperative. He said, I, I get it. I know you have a workflow and you're comfortable with it. Uh, but he talked about, you know, a lot of the folks at the station, because we're all working remotely, have been since March, uh, use a, uh, a software called Audacity. And it seems to work for everybody. And he has told me that, you know, this works and, and people with less um, technical knowledge than you are making it work. But as Art mentioned, you know, my personality is I know how this works. I, I know a little about what we're working in now is Final Cut Pro 10. And I've worked enough in it that I'm just comfortable in that 
in that environment. I don't need to learn a whole new software. I want to work in the environment I'm comfortable with because I want to start a project, complete a project, get on to the next project, and of course maintain all the quality that any client expects and deserves. So in terms of the new piece of hardware that we installed, um, and we had a three-way conversation with the engineer from the radio station, Art, and uh, me, uh, we installed the Scarlett 4i4 as the new analog to uh, digital converter. Right, and that was a product that I was not familiar with, um, but it was it's one of those COVID things because normally I would have just come down there, we would have kind of talked through it, clicked on some stuff, got it, and installed it, but because of the whole COVID thing, we had to do this remotely, and we had to look at what was available and what you could get because there was some time pressure because, as you mentioned, you were recording the Mixed Bag show from your home studio. So the the Scarlet was available. You ordered it. There was some configuration issues that had to be worked out, but it was pretty much plug and play. It replaced the Edderall. You got your board interfaced into it. And I think for you, and you can talk about this, I think for you, the biggest hurdle was now you were going to have to use Final Cut 10 instead of Final Cut 7. And because Final Cut 7 wouldn't run on your new system. So talk about that component of the upgrade. <laughs> that for me was was definitely the biggest hurdle. Because although I said, yeah, I had worked a little in 10, I was... You, you know what it's like when, you, when you're working in any of these programs. Once you get your, your pattern of working and you know your keystrokes and your shortcuts and you're just used to doing it, you can almost do it with your eyes closed, in quotes. Um, but now I'm in 10, and, and I've read you know, online and we've talked about it, even the definitions of what, what a project is in 10 versus 7 versus what you define as a project outside of the computer editing world, right? You know, learning these new terms and, and you're fighting yourself because you're saying, well, I wouldn't call that an event. I would call this an event, <laughs> you right. know? Um, but once I got over that hurdle, um, it's, been, it's been working very smoothly. Um, you know, we, 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 there was some trial and error. And, and again, you know, you, you mentioned it, Art, but I do want to uh, reinforce the... The problem with doing this all remotely is that we're doing it team viewer and by phone, but you know now I'm handling cables <laughs> and I'm unplugging things and plugging <laughs> things back in, and I'm saying, oh boy, all I got to do is put something in the wrong connection. Art's not even here to see it, but we got that worked out. But working, you know, working in ten, it's like anything else. You're not only am I now concentrating on the script or the recording I'm making or mixed bag the radio show. Now I've got to learn, you know, I've got to learn the steps. What is the shortcut for creating this new file? And we, we went back and forth and we started recording in, in 10 and editing in 10. But then, again, through trial and error, um, and you may remember better than me, we had some issues and you decided or, or recommended that um, maybe the way to go is to record in QuickTime and just import those files and then 
cut everything in 10. And that's basically the process I've been doing, um, again, for the radio show. And just by way of reminder, obviously, with the radio show, there's a live mic. There's two CD players. I do take some uh, music in off the web and a turntable. So there are a number of sources. And, um, you know, it seems, knock wood at this point, it's been working for, uh, I guess, we've, I've done four shows already with this new configuration. Right. I, I think the problem, it, Final Cut 10 works a little differently for recording voiceover than 7 does. And it it really was adding an extra step to your process because it, it was it needed a project. It, it, you had to have a track already down. It was It's a little different in the way 7 worked. So QuickTime seemed to be a better solution for you. We're just recording audio files in QuickTime. I think we had to get loopback, the software loopback involved so that we could route the output of the um, audio interface into QuickTime and still have it work with your monitoring system and all that stuff. But that seems like a much more straightforward method for recording the audio. And I think that for you is the best route than trying to shoehorn a new process into Final Cut 10. It's it's very functional. It does just what I need it to do. Um, and, and, you know, you might have listeners, Art, who are saying, like, this is a pretty simple process, Don. It's not all that complicated. And granted, uh, but again, I'm not an audio engineer. I'm not a full-blown video editor. Um, but I need to have these tools do a certain amount of things. I just need them to make sure that they're... It's, it's reliable, and, and this system has been reliable, and, 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 you know, and I'm comfortable with it. You know, I can make my way around, and, uh, you know, all kidding aside, there was a day that we were working on, some, uh, on, on, on the project, on the install, and Art was still on the line with me and on TeamViewer so he could see what I was doing, and, you know, even you said, well, you're moving around pretty quick in, in 10 already. So it's been, um, it's been great. Now, I think for you, the trifecta of all of this is when you actually have to edit your first video project in 10. We've, we've dabbled in it in the past, but I think now that you're completely on 10, you can't go back to 7. I think that for you, the, the full circle moment will be when you have to do a cut uh, of video in 10. I think that'll be your full circle. Well, I have a I have a surprise for you. You're not even aware of this. I've, I, <laughs> I've already done one. Uh, just, just in the past 10 days, I've been working on a project for a client and it was a Zoom call, a Zoom recording and, um, you know, of a meeting and they wanted it cut down. It was like an hour interview and they wanted it cut down into like a five or a six minute highlight piece. And there were eight or nine people on the call, and um, you know, the, once I recorded, you know, I just downloaded the Zoom files, and again, it was a talking heads discussion. But I completed the project, put some titles in, put some music in, and there you go. So, <laughs> even we have come full circle already here at McGee Productions. <laughs> that that's great. Well, I mean, if you get 20 years out of this system, that will be impressive. 
I don't know if the planned obsolescence gods will be with you on this one, but you've already cheated death once. <laughs> um, are you and I going to be working at this uh, job in 20 years? <laughs> Don, I, I don't know. I can't say. You're you're a little older than me. I'm hoping that you're retired and I'm retired in 20 years. Amen. Amen. <laughs> if, if something happens if we're still working in 20 years something has gone horribly wrong we have not planned properly you're exactly right (laughs) (laughs) well don i appreciate you sharing your story good luck with your new system and i want to hear about your next big edit on final cut 10 all right all right thanks for having me on it's uh it's always a pleasure thank you for all your help in uh in installing this system and uh i hope i hope people enjoyed our little conversation today thanks do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening. Mm